Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 65 of Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay. And as it has been for, I don't know, almost a year now, Randy Cash is there through computer land. Hey, over there. Hey, what's up? <laughs> How's it going with you today? It's going fantastic. How's it going with you over there? It is good. It's going pretty good. I'm trying not to freeze to death in my little recording studio. I got to nice. figure out the whole temperature gauging in this room, but it's all, it's all good. I, I like how it's coming together. Yay. Yay. All right. So guess what we're still talking about? What are we still talking about? Not assessments, because I know if I ask if you've done the assessments, you're going to tell me no. So <laughs> all you can do is just look at the camera and laugh. Nobody can hear that, Randy. Nobody can nobody can hear your laughter you if you it. don't make a noise. Do you what? Can see it. You can see it. I can see it. They can't see it. Yeah, they can. <laughs> now they can't. So for those of you listening, just imagine in that moment, Randy laughed. No. So we started off a couple of weeks ago giving a good overview of the four agreements. And so last week we talked about what it means to be impeccable with your words. This idea of are you saying what you mean? Are you meaning what you say? And are you making sure that you're using your words in a direction to build others up, not tear them down? Now, I want to rem remind you all that this does not mean if you're in an argument or a discussion with your significant other, that you don't have a right to voice things that bother you or that maybe aren't your favorite thing, but there is a healthy way to do that. And just spewing venom at each other doesn't get us very far. Okay. So part of how these agreements build on each other is that as we dig into the second agreement, which is don't take things personally, I think it's really understandable that if someone's using their words in a direction where they're tearing someone down or maybe they're just not using them very impeccably, the next agreement of not taking something personally is really hard to not do. Because, you know, when, when you care about someone, when you love someone, when you're in a relationship with someone, if they look at you and they say something really hurtful, isn't it kind of difficult to not take that personally? I mean, I think human nature is to feel emotionally reactive in that moment. Funny thing, that's just what I wrote down. Isn't it the natural reaction to kind of take things personally? Mm -hmm. yeah. It is. It's like our brains are wired for, you know, sort of this, this negative sort of spin on things. And we have a tendency to assume that everything that goes on around us is about us when the truth is. What's really happening in those moments is that the way you or I or whoever shows up in the world is really a reflection of our own stuff. So rather than taking everything personally that someone else does and says, if we start using it as a mirror to sort of reflect back onto them the recognition that the way they are showing up is a reaction of their stuff. That helps us to get a little bit of distance from it and to maybe not take it quite so personally. But that is easier said than done. I mean, in a relationship, the other piece of it is that you don't want to think that you're upsetting your significant other. So if they do something or they say something or they tell you something they don't like, again, it's kind of human nature to go, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. That must be something I need to fix or I'm a terrible person, or maybe there's something I'm doing wrong. Let me fix it right in this moment. And it doesn't always work that way because not only is it, is it up to both people to start using words in a very intentional way. So if one person has a problem, rather than just spewing venom at the other one, 
you actually sit down and have a conversation or you schedule some time to have a conversation. You let them know how they've hurt your feelings or what it is that they've said that maybe you'd rather them say differently. But that is where you're responding thoughtfully versus reacting emotionally. And there is a difference in those two things. Yeah, when you start to react emotionally, remember you, uh, that thing I used to say, don't project your stuff on me. I think you start projecting that onto the other person when you start to react that way. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. I think projection comes into play, right? The person that's projecting their stuff onto you. And then if you turn around and you're now emotionally reactive, you're projecting your stuff right back on them. And then what happens is the conversation just devolves. It just devolves into arguing and hurt feelings. Nothing gets accomplished. Now we're probably yelling and screaming at each other and nobody's listening anymore. And then the other like the other side of that is that's where resentment starts to build, where you feel like there's just this barrel of problems that never get talked about, that never get worked out because everything is so reactionary versus actually digging into what's in that barrel and trying to thoughtfully understand it and to communicate about it in a way where everyone has a voice while also using your words impeccably. You can talk about negative things without hurting another person's feelings. It is actually possible. People like to argue with me when I say that, but I will guarantee you it is possible. I don't want to say 100% of the time, but I would say in like 99% of the time, there is a way to take whatever the negative message is and to at least turn it into a constructive conversation. I think we're like taught to run on emotion, you know, and not use critical thinking first, use our emotions, just react from our emotions, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, it's real easy for a conversation to turn into an argument. We have to learn how to have a conversation, I think, if that makes mm -hmm. any sense. Yeah, it, it, it taps into that concept of courageous conversation, this idea that it's possible for us to show up and be authentic and be vulnerable and really share how we feel on a deep level with our significant other. But with that comes a certain amount of risk and emotional exposure, to use the words of Brene Brown, because you're basically looking at someone and saying, hey, I love you a whole lot and I'm giving you the power to really hurt me, you know? And it's kind of an interesting concept to sort of play that out in the mind to recognize, wow, you know, I am, I am giving someone else in this world power to have, you know, some effect on my emotions, some, some feeling, or excuse me, some ability to affect my feelings. That's funny because that's, a, once again, just what I was writing down, man. You know, no one wants to be vulnerable because for me personally, it's like that. that's the power that I'm giving up. I Like you just perfectly said, I'm handing you the power to hurt me if you so choose to do. And a lot of people, I think, like myself, that's why we stay bottled up, man, and try not to get too vulnerable. We don't want to be hurt, you know. Yeah. And, and I get it. I mean, there's a certain amount of self-preservation and self-protection that gets mixed into this whole thing where you're not wanting to be vulnerable in a way that feels unsafe. And so that's part of why if we start laying the foundational groundwork to have a safe sort of experience for everyone in the relationship, well, then we're not so contingent on worried about if I say this, What's going to happen if I say that? What are they going to say back? Are they going to take this the wrong way? Is this going to cause a fight? Is this going to cause an argument? And so that's the reason when I start working with an individual or a couple that has some questions about relationship stuff, 
These are the types of things that we start with because it's so important to lay that foundation or else everything else is kind of getting built on top of a really faulty foundation and not to be too metaphorical, but that whole idea that would you rather build your house on something that can withstand the damage that it might go through? Or do you want to build it on a really like shifty foundation that could potentially just crumble and then you're left holding nothing? Right. I would rather us have a foundation to fall back on that if all the walls fall down around us, we have each other in a foundation to build back up together. Absolutely. This is the very first relationship, romantic relationship that I've ever been in. And when we first started out, I was upfront and honest about everything. I don't hold anything back. And I just threw it all out there. Anytime <laughs> anything came up and so far, so good. I got to say it's helped navigate through some of the, what you would call the courageous conversations, just from just being honest with myself first. And then with the other person just made things so much easier. I think that's awesome because I think what happens a lot of times in early stages of a relationship, and I hear this from people, if I hear it once a day, I hear it 7,000 times a day. Well, what if I tell them how I really feel, then they're not going to want to be with me. And my argument back is then they don't want to be with you because if they know the truth of who you are and they don't want to be with that, you shouldn't have to water yourself down or beg someone to want to be with you as you actually are. But if you spend a lot of time hiding the parts of your truth that really make up who you are. If you, if you intentionally try and keep things from that other person, when that inevitably comes to the surface, it's going to cause some problems. Now that doesn't mean it's the end of a relationship when it causes a problem, but why make it that much more complicated? You know, and I've had people say, well, I don't want to be alone forever. I don't want to, you know, basically count everything out before it even gets a chance to start because I feel lonely. I, I feel alone. I don't like that feeling. And I totally understand that. But just because you don't want to be alone is not enough reason to water who you are down so that someone can, quote, tolerate you. Because it was that old saying, like, if you can't take me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best, whatever that saying is or that quote is. And I can't remember who said it now, but I think it's kind of brilliant because although I'm not suggesting you show up on a first date and air all of your dirty laundry right away, that again, there are ways to talk about negative things without them being overtly terrible and, and horrific, right? But that doesn't mean that you should hide them. You know, I'll use me as an example. I tend to process things in a very neuroatypical way. And that shows up in relationships where I take things very literally and I do take things personally. That can cause some problems for me in relationship land. And I would say like pretty much every like relationship I've ever been in, I have had some conversation early on with the other person saying, hey, look, this, this is kind of what happens in relationships with me. I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm not saying that there aren't times that it won't irritate you because it probably will. But if I tell you now, then in the future, when we have a disagreement, I can go, okay, wait, I think I'm doing that thing where I'm processing things a little differently than you are. Is there a way that we can reset? If I've already laid that foundation, they know what to expect. It's not just a shock when all of a sudden, I say something or do something that might be a little bit atypical, right? Yeah, I'll say like I've learned how I work and navigate things like you were just saying, how I used to behave in previous relationships and things like that. Um, but with this one, I'm just going to go back and make it all about me because I'm real good at that. Um, <laughs> with this relationship, I think what I, it, it works so well in addition to what I said earlier about being honest is when I got into it, 
I was happy with me and myself and I was living authentically just who I am as I am. And I wasn't trying to, you know, cover up my, my, my little toying anymore. My, my vulgar, colorful language at times and things. I was just being me and I was happy. And that I think also led to the success, not only with my relationship, but in some of my business affairs and my friendships too. I think you're right. I think the more authentic living we can just do, the better served all of our relationships are going to be, including the relationship you have with yourself, because that really does set the tone for other relationships. I have heard people say like, well, if you don't love yourself, no one else can love you. I don't know if I agree with that completely, because I do think that learning to love yourself is a process. And I don't think that we should be putting ourselves on hold and feeling like, well, I don't love myself enough yet, so I can't try to find someone else to share my life with. I don't I don't know how accurate that is, but I do think the relationship you have with yourself is going to set the tone for how you show up in relationships with others. And so that's why it's important to continually be working on it and learning how to go to those deeper levels. And you might be listening and thinking, okay, but we're talking about not taking things personally. And that's on the surface, right? That's that's the theory written on the surface. We have to dig beneath that and really get in touch with what are the things that go into reasons we might be very emotionally reactive and take things personally. So that's really what we've been talking about today is how to get to the thing beneath the thing to really understand the underlying issues that might actually be there that need to be worked on. Well, my underlying issues are being worked on on the Instagram at our cash comedy because that's yeah, how I roll, man. Oh my goodness, you're cracking me up tonight, Mr. Cash. All right, well, yes, you can follow Randy at Cash Comedy on Instagram. If you do want to follow along with what I've got going on, you can go to lindsaywalden.com. There are links to past episodes of the podcast, as well as all of the blog posts that you can read more about these issues that we talk about in written form, if you would like. If you would rather follow along on social media, you can find me on Facebook at Lindsay Walden Consulting. On Pinterest, it's Therapy Thoughts. On both Instagram and TikTok, it's at this is Lindsay Walden. And recently I've joined Clubhouse. My handle over there is Lindsay.walden. I do hope that you will follow along in some of those areas. Make sure if you haven't subscribed to the iTunes podcast yet that you go ahead and do that. Grateful to all of you that are leaving reviews and I want to continue being able to answer all of your questions. Until next week, please keep living your best life and building that relationship of your dreams. And we will be back next week with more.